Okay. Um, okay. Um, just actually quickly before before I start the the, the main thing that I was going to talk about. Um, there's just there's a question that comes up very very often. Actually, like every year, I guess is about as often as it could come up over here. Um, and that is that um, if the halacha of having to hear every word of the Megillah. Okay, so especially um, maybe in the old days you could make yourself seen that you, didn't, that you couldn't hear something or somebody wasn't speaking up, maybe not. But um, the question of what do you do if you think you haven't heard something? Um, if, uh, I, I did actually point out to, <coughs> to Rabbi Bechafer that, that now that there are more uh, there's more of a barrier between the men's section and the women's section, so things have to be louder. But um, in the event that you weren't able to hear something, somebody sitting next to you kept sneezing or whatever, and you feel like you missed something, so what do you do? So the halacha is that if you... So first of all, if whatever you missed doesn't change the meaning of... It's very hard to know this on the fly, but like if whatever you missed doesn't change the meaning of things, like if you missed the word S or something, so then that is not... That's not a problem. If what you missed... Um, if you feel like you missed a word or even a letter that would impact something, the, what you do is you say it yourself. You say you, you are... Um, the only real way to, uh, to focus during Kriyas and Megillah is to look inside because it's just too long to really pay attention for such a long time. And uh, so if a person is following along and they feel like there's something that they missed, uh, the people who correct are standing very close. So there are a lot of things that maybe they're able to hear and that I guess the further away you get, the less you're able to hear, and the more possible distractions, you know, somebody sitting next to you is going to bother you, but it's not going to bother the Gabai who's sitting next to the Balkori, so he's not going to make him repeat a word because somebody back there, you know, sneezed or coughed or something. So what you do is you just say the word to yourself. If you're not sure that you heard the word, you just quickly say it and try to keep up and, and then catch up to the Balkori. So... You know, if he's reading through and, the, you know, you, you, you just feel like you missed a word, just say it and then read. Keep reading until, until you get to the word Haman, where I guess is probably the best, the easiest place to catch up. Hopefully you don't miss something at the beginning because there's a little ways that you hit a Haman. But, um, but from that point forward, that's, that's all you have to do. And if you do that, even if you feel like you read most of it yourself, like, and you just feel like that, that's how the whole thing went, it's okay. Your Yotze... That is, that, that is how one is supposed to um, handle such a situation. Okay. All right. The, the, um, the Gemara, yes? Sorry. Um, the Rav said that it, it doesn't change the meaning um, what you missed. Does that mean that you are supposed to understand every word's meaning? No, you don't. <laughs> If, you, if you're lucky enough to know, oh, okay. then good for you. But if you're not, then just say it. Um, yeah, I mean, men, have, men who have like regular Megillas, they read along the whole thing. So it's, you know, they don't, 
they're just really contingent kind of on themselves. All right. Um, the Gemara in Megillah, Gemara Megillah, talks about what exactly is considered like the main part of the nace of Megillah Sester. Like where, where is the focal point of the miracle? Like where do you have to, where do you have to start leaning from? There's, a, there's actually machlokas, whether you have to lean the whole thing or not. And one of the answers is that it starts from So it was on that night that Ahasuerus couldn't sleep and, um, and so he calls to, you know, to his helper you know, and says, you know, read me from uh, the Sefer HaZachronos, read me from the book of, of uh, you know, history, stuff that has happened. And then you know, the story of Mordechai telling on Bigson and Seresh and then it ends up being the whole thing with Mordechai walking through, you know, being, being led through the streets by Haman, which is maybe a, a, a feel-good part of the story, but in a, in a lot of ways, it, it doesn't, really, doesn't really capture so much of what's going on in Miguel Sester. I mean, it's, it's not as much as like in a, in, a, in a kind of a way that is a turning point where things start getting better or seeming better for the Jewish people. But nobody really gets saved until much later. And yes, it's like a feel-good moment that Mordechai is on top of the horse and Haman's pulling it. But like, that's, that's about all there is to it. But somehow this moment of that on that night that there was a stirring of the, of, of the, the sleep of the king, that is one, one, of the, one of the points that Chazal focus on as being a very, very, very important moment in the story of Megillah Sester. Now, there is a medrash that says the following. There are a number of midrashim that, that make this point. They say, which, what is, and it's, the truth is it's true about a lot of things that go on in the Megillah, but when the word melech is being used, when the word king is being used, it's kind of like a, a double entendre. There's like a double reference going on over there. That king, on the one hand, refers to the story of Ahasuerus, he's the king. But Melech also refers to Hashem. So a lot of times when the word Melech is being used, so it's a reference to HaKadosh Baruch it's a reference to Hashem. And so the Medrash says over here, that Hashem, who had been sleeping, suddenly started to stir. So now, it's kind of a bizarre way <coughs> to think about Hashem. There are, there are many things that we um, uh, anthropomorphize about Hashem, that we have, that we have uh, like kind of like human, we attribute human um, things to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's the Yad Hashem, there's the Ene Hashem, the hand of Hashem, the eyes of Hashem, Hashem hears things, Hashem sees things. So we do have that idea that Hashem does things in a way that, and Hashem allows us to relate to them in a human kind of way. But the, the notion that Hashem sleeps is, is just, it's a, little, it's a little unusual. Like, what does that mean that Hashem is sleeping? Sleep is really something that we look at as, as kind of like sleep is the 60th of death. I mean, sleep is, is almost like a non-existence 
type of thing. It's, it's when we touch that, that, that almost not being here in this world. Um, so th that kind of description of Hashem seems like a, a very unusual way to, to describe him. And th these midrashim are not the only place that this occurs. I mean, there's a Pesach in Tehillim where it says, Ura, lama sishin Hashem. Like, wake up, Hashem, why are you sleeping? And uh, the, Gemara, the Gemara actually talks about how at the time of uh, Yochanan Kohen Gadol, he, th they used to say this Pesach every day in the Beis HaMikdash. There was a, they used to say, wake up, why is Hashem sleeping? And Yochanan Kohen Gadol at one point came and, and said, like, you know, we, we have to stop doing this. And seem, seemingly because things were so good that, like, how could we describe Hashem as sleeping? Like, Hashem's not sleeping. Everything's, everything's so wonderful for us. So why are we having such a description of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as, as being asleep? So apparently this idea of Shena, this idea of sleeping, is um, a, an, an attribute that we can kind of refer to or think about Hashem Kavayochel as having. As having. But it's, it's very strange because sleeping is not something that, it's not something you do. It's something that's like, when you don't do anything, you're sleeping. That's, it's, it's, not a, it's not an active thing, it's, a, it's extremely passive. So what exactly does that mean? Also very, um, kind of like on a different note, but in, in the Sefer, the, the, in, in the, in the, the Svarim HaKadoshim, like in the Sefer Yitzira of Tzadok, when they talk about the different months of the year, they talk about different attributes of Hashem that are in play at different times of the year. So for the month of Adar, the Midah that is described, so there are actually there are two, two opinions. One opinion is that it's the Midah of Schok, of like laughter, which is very fitting. And the other Midah, the other, the other attribute characteristic of Hashem is that Hashem is Molech al-Shena, that Hashem rules over sleep. Which again, is like it's like to be the king of sleep, that's like that's maybe the way we describe like a teenager. But that the the, the notion that Hashem is like ruling over something that's a passive act, what how like how how exactly are we supposed to um, understand that? And the idea of that, that Shana, the idea that sleep is something that has to do with Adar, so as weird as it sounds, but it kind of fits with the mitzvahs that we have because, you know, Adelo Yada, so, you know, one of the opinions as to what exactly that means is that you're supposed to go to sleep, which in itself is a very, if you think about it, it's a very bizarre avoda. It's like a strange thing to, to, to have a, you know, like a mitzvah to go to sleep. You know, a lot of people have trouble sleeping. So like, you know, taking sleeping, but like, you know, what, like, but there's, there's an active mitzvah that in the middle of a day, you're supposed to go to sleep. And, it, it, you know, Purim almost, it seems like, like, it's like the opposite mood of everything that's going on. But sleep is something that is very associated with Adar, with Purim. And we see that, that it's somehow a midah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's somehow um, uh, ascribable to, to Hashem that Hashem is sleeping, Hashem is, uh, is, is ruling over sleep. What, what exactly does this all mean? When, when a person is asleep, so 
Um, there's actually a halacha. The halacha is that a person is always responsible for things that they do. Um, there's, there's 100% responsibility for every action that, 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 that occurs to a person. If a person accidentally damages someone, you have to pay anyway. There's no such thing as, whoops, it was an accident and therefore I'm off the hook. Uh, a person is, you know, there's a concept of Adam the Olam, a person is always responsible for the things that, he, that, that happened because of him, and therefore um, he has to take responsibility and he has to pay. So the halacha is that if a person, let's say a person goes to sleep surrounded by um, Ming vases, so, uh, and, and then while he's sleeping he rolls over and he breaks a couple. So that's it. He's in the hole millions of dollars. Like he, even though he damaged them while he was sleeping, the, the mistake that he made or that we hold him responsible for having gone to sleep while being surrounded by, these, by having valuable things, breakable things near him. If, however, somebody goes to sleep and somebody goes and puts things near him, puts a bunch of glass things near him, and then he rolls over, moves around, and then breaks them, he's not responsible. Because a person being asleep makes a person just, it's, it's as though he's not there. The way, the way um, uh, it could be described is that such a person is, his das, his knowledge, his mind is not there. But um, he's there, but his seichel, like his, his intellect, his ability to make any kind of decision... That is out the window. It doesn't, it, it's, it doesn't exist. So therefore, the person really becomes like animal-like, in a sense. He doesn't have seichel. He doesn't have intellect. And therefore, we don't hold such a person um, responsible. So sleep is when a person's seichel, a person's intellect, is out, not, non-existent. Now, there's a very, very interesting thing uh, about sleep. If a person, let's say a person is working very hard, um, they're, they're, they have a project that they're doing for school, for work, whatever it is, and they could just be like totally like, you know, zonked out of their minds just from thinking and working hard at a project. They could find them, they could, you know, hit, head hits the pillow, they fall asleep in an instant, they wake up the next morning, and they're ready to go at it again. They're like refreshed, their mind is like fresh, ready to, to try to attack something all over again. But then you can have another situation in which a person is very bothered by something, there's something else, there's something that they're thinking about working on throughout the day, into the night, and they are physically exhausted, but they can't go to sleep because it would seem like their mind is just working overtime, they can't get themselves to sleep. They're so worried about something, they're so... so what is it that there are certain things that we allow, like the menucha of sleep, to take us over, and then and and it totally refreshes us, and we have that, that kind of rest from it. And then there are other things that don't allow us to sleep. That w it would seem like the the thing that we need the most is sleep, but because of what we're thinking about, sleep evades us. So the idea is like this. When a person is asleep, they have no seichel, they have no intellect. But what they do have is their ratzon, their inner drives, their inner desires, the things that they, that they really, really deeply want in life, 
those things, that, that aspect of a person, maybe call it the, the nefesh or the sham of a person, that is still alive, still at work, still there. So there are certain types of problems. If a person's working on, uh, if it's just like, you, you know, you're working on a math problem and, um, you know, it's something that interests you or whatever and like, you know, you're thinking about it, thinking about it and then like, oh, I just can't think about it anymore. You'll be able to go to sleep no problem because it's not going to, you know, there's no existential issue that you have with being able to part with, uh, you know, with the day till tomorrow till, to figure it out. But then there are other things that you're thinking about, like, you know, how am I going to pay the bill or something like that, which also involves some form of math. Um, it seems like, you know, <laughs> you know, irrational numbers and stuff. But, but, um, it, but those kinds of things will not allow a person to go to sleep because those are, that, that is not something that's so much tied into the intellect. That's something that's tied into a person's rutzen. That's tied into a person's, like, they, their, their existence, their, their, their sense of, of being able to, to survive, to, to, to thrive, the, the things that a person wants in life, a person's worried about things happening with their family, with their kids, all those kinds of things. Those are the things that keep a person up at night. Intellectual problems, you know, those are things that are like, okay, I'll leave it over here and I'll pick it up again tomorrow morning when I wake up in the morning. So sleep is a time when a person's intellect kind of is off, but their rotzone, those, those types of like inner deep desires, those things are very, very much alive. That's why when a person's sleeping, what do they do is they have dreams. Dreams are full of the most absurd things in the world. It can have all kinds of crazy things happening in them. But the common denominator between everything that's happening is that it's an expression of what a person wants. It's an expression of what a person really like feels or believes, even if it makes absolutely no sense. So a person could be flying, a person could be uh, driving a car in the sky. It, there, there, there doesn't have to be any logical sense to anything that's happening because the intellect, the seichel, that's off. Logic has no place in the, in the realm of sleep. Sleep is just all about what I want. And if I want to be flying, I'll be flying. If I want to, you know, be able to just, you know, do crazy things or impossible things, a person will always be able to do the impossible while they're sleeping. So, in Gullus, when Klai is in Gullus, so the intellectual connection to Hashem, like the real connection to Hashem that we wish we had, is it's not really there. It's, you know, when we had a base of Mikdash, we were in Yushalayim, we had a base of Mikdash, we brought Karbonos, all those things were going on. The sense of connection, everything having to do with Hashem was, was real. When we're in Golos, right, David Melch describes us as Hayinu Kechomim. We're like dreamers. Because everything about us and Hashem is really, in a sense, not couched in any reality that we have. It's just all about the, the desires that we have, the dreams that we have for it to, for it to be true. So in Golos, our das of Hashem, our knowledge of Hashem, the seichel that connects us to Hashem, that's off. We're really cast We've been cast away, in a sense. You know, we're disconnected from Hashem in reality. But only the Ratzon, only in, in, a, in a desiring sense, are we connected with Hashem.
the Chazal, the Gemara in Megillah describes that um, it says that uh, nobody knows how to say nasty things about the Jews like Haman because he said Yeshno Am Echad right that there's this one nation so the Gemara describes so what does it mean Yeshno that there, which, which literally means like there is so it means Yeshno means Yeshenim Min HaMitzvahs that the Jewish people were sleeping <coughs> with the mitzvahs, that their connection to the, to, to the mitzvahs was something in which, you know, into, there, was, there were emotions that were gone through, but the real intellectual um, uh, and, and, and realistic connection that we had to Hashem, it wasn't there. That is, that's, that's a function of being in Gullus, of that's, a, that's a function of being stuck in Gullus. But in a certain sense, they don't feel natural, they don't make sense, shaking a little of hard to like know what it means and it's what it gives us and how it connects us. And a people who are yeshenim in a mitzvah, a people who are sleeping as they're doing mitzvahs, a people who are in gullus and they're sleeping, they need awakening. Where, where does that awakening come from? Okay, so there's, there's a very famous part of Shir Hashirim, in which, you know, HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu describes, or there's a description, actually. It's, it's really, I guess, Klal Yisrael saying that, Ani Yishenev Libi Er Koldo Didofek, right, that, that um, I'm sleeping, but my heart is awake, and the voice of my beloved is knocking. Right, so, and and it says, um, what happens at that point? So the, the description that we have at that point is that the you know so somebody is at the door, and there's someone who's at home and in bed, and the person says, right, this is Klai so, you know what, peshatati is katonti, right? I've I've taken off my clothes, I'm already lying in bed, you know, okay, yeah, I'll see him tomorrow. You know, he's knocking on the door now. He'll still be there tomorrow. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go tomorrow. And, and, and I'll see, you know, I'll see my beloved. I'll see HaKadosh Baruch Hu then. What happens next is a description of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, kind of like, it's, it's, there's some sort of description of, of Hashem putting his hand through the Chor, that there's some sort of hole that there used to be by the lock in the doors. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu sticks his hand in over there. And at that point, there's a tremendous um, surge of desire that, 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 that is described by all of a sudden, by seeing a flash of the beloved, all of a sudden there's this tremendous desire. And it says, May I nechmerolai, that my innards suddenly start to like churn upon me. And we jump out of bed, run, fling open the door, but the story has it, the way it's described over there, is that Hashem already went. And go running through the streets saying, has anyone seen my beloved? I, he was just at my door a second ago. It's, you know, there's a description over here of, there's kind of like, um, when, somebody, when somebody comes to your door, and it's someone who you have a relationship with, and... You're, you're, you are. You've already, you're in your pajamas, you're in bed. It's like, that's it. Somebody comes to the door. So logic would say that, like, come on. Like, I just wait till tomorrow. What am I going to do? Get up and get dressed now? I mean, it's, so, it's the middle of the night. It's like, it's crazy. Like, you know, find some place to stay, and then I'll see him tomorrow. 
That's logic talking. That's das talking. That's uh, seichel talking. But then there comes a point where the mei, the inner desires of a person, just says like, you know, like yeah, logic. You know, forget about that stuff, right? Like, and just needs to bolt out of bed and run after the dodi, run after the beloved. The the when when there is a sense that Klal Yisrael has of a disconnection from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that we don't feel that, that we have a strong that you know, and even when Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes to us, so logic says that like whatever you know, um, we'll we'll get there. We'll 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 get together at some point. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll it'll happen. <coughs> there there can be. And really, there needs to be a surge of ratzam, a surge of desire that comes from within that isn't based on logic, that isn't based on, you know, is this, is this really, am I going to be able to, you know, to, to, to have a good day tomorrow if I get out of bed right now? It's not based on anything like that. It's just an inner surge of emotion, an inner surge of desire that says, I have to go and run after HaKadosh Baruch Hu anyway. Geula doesn't work naturally. Geula doesn't happen as a natural process. Geula is always something that's not, it's not an evolutionary process. It's not that, that one thing builds to another thing, builds to another thing, and, and all of a sudden there's a geula. It's that things, right, the way Chazal always describe it, is that things have to hit the bottom, bottom, bottom of the barrel, and then all of a sudden, boom, there comes a geula. And it flips everything upside down. Because geula, by definition, is something where I'll you know, according to intellect, it doesn't make sense. It's this isn't it's not A B C D E F G. It's not going in that order. But what happens is is that there's a sudden surge of desire that totally ignores all kinds of logic and all kinds of what think people would think was the intellectual process. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu just grabs us and we grab Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's what a geula really is. Nighttime, shena time, when when at a time when someone's asleep, that's a time when all of a sudden, seichel, the, the, the concept of, of logic and the order of things, that's out the window. That doesn't apply anymore. And it's all about ratzon. It's all about just desire. A person in a dream can have their cake and eat it too. They can do impossible things. All kinds of crazy things can happen in a dream. Because when it's only about ratzon, when it's only about what one desires, so then, yeah, it doesn't have to fit into the parameters of, of uh, you know, the laws of gravity and all other laws of, 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 of our world don't have to apply because it's just about what I desire. There was that night when the slumber of the king stirred. The slumber of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Shena of Hashem, is a reference, it's, it's referring, not to Hashem just being passive, and it's, a, it's a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, leaving the realm of Seichel, leaving the realm of the natural Seder and order of things. Hashem set up our world with an order, and there are ways things work. There, there are ways things work, that, that there, there is a way things go. And there's a natural order in history, there's a natural order in science, that's the way things go. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sleeping, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu at, at a time of Shena, 
That's a reference to a time when it's not about logic and it's not about order anymore. It's about Hashem Zeratzo. Logic, or we could call it din, right? When HaKadosh Baruch Hu deals with us in a midas hadin. Midas hadin means, it's not Hashem being mean, it's that there's a cause and an effect and a cause and an effect and there's an order to things. Rachamim is when Hashem just says like, forget about all that. Forget about what you deserve, what you don't deserve. Rachamim, it's just, it's just mercy. There's, it's Hashem's ratzon, Hashem's desire to just draw us close and give us that opportunity to come close to Hashem. Belaylahu nadadash nasamelech means that on that night when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was asleep, he was allowing Kaviyochal his ratzon, he was allowing his rachamim to take hold and not just, you know, kind of be there, but to nadada. Now that was going to shake the world. There was an entire vinahapachu, right? The whole story of as much as it kind of fits into the world of Teva and how it works, there were no obvious miracles that went on there. But the idea that everything totally flipped on its head, the idea that, you know, instead of Mordechai pulling Haman on a horse, it was Haman pulling Mordechai on a horse. Every notion, everything that, was, that became the opposite, that became the opposite, that's an expression of the dream. That's an expression of the Ratzon of Hashem. Hashem showing that, no, 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 this is about Hashem's deep inner desire to take us out of that galus, that's Hashem's deep inner desire to shake us up, to wake us up, to, to get us to come to Him. So we were Yishena Mina Mitzvahs, we were asleep, and we were sleeping, we were really sleeping for Mitzvahs. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sleep is, uh, is referring to that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was acting with his Rachmim, who was acting with, it was a world of Ratzon, it was a world of that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was allowing things to, that, that really didn't fit, things that were not supposed to happen. This was the, 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 not the order that things were supposed to go in, and all of that was about to be expressed as well. And that's what is expressed in the Vinal Hapachu. We focus on the oppositeness of everything. It should have been like this, but it was the opposite of that. And that's a reflection of the Shena. That's, an expre- that's a reflection of the sleep. Sleep not being something passive that Hashem does. Sleep being Hashem, so to say, allowing His Ratzon, allowing His desire for us to trample over all kinds of no, that's not the logical and, and you know, per, that, that's not the progression. What do you mean? Where's their tshuva? They don't deserve this. Or why are they being redeemed when, when they did this terrible hate, when they did this terrible sin, going to Akashverish's party? When we have an avoda on Purim, when we come on Purim, and then we have to go and, and you know, we have a day that's very busy. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weekday in you know, almost every sense of the word, world, uh, you know, word that, that we're able to do all kinds of malacha, etc. And we're very, very busy as well. But the, the avoda of the day is, is it's a weird, it's an avoda of shena. It's an avoda of sleeping. What does that mean, it's an avoda of sleeping? It's not just that, like, you know, take a nap because it's going to be, you know, the clock just changed, you're probably going to be cranky. It's not, it's, that's, that's not what it is. It's, it's an avoda of, a, it's a time in which Hashem allowed his ratzon, allowed his deep desire to come and, so to say, overcome, ignore the intellectual barriers, the logical barriers, the, 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 the barriers that, that, you know, this is not how 
things would, would seem to move in, in a logical progression. Hashem said, forget about all of that. Within ourselves, we have things like that as well. People have desires to, to become something, to, to achieve something in life. But then, this, this is inevitably what happens, is that you think about, like, wouldn't it be great if I was able to do... And then you say to yourself, how could I do that? I mean, I have this responsibility, I have that responsibility. And, and, and there's a logic that says that you can't just go off and do, you know, whatever it is, because you've got a reality to live in. And that's true. And, you know, and don't forget that. That, I mean, that, that, that is true, and that's fine. But on Purim, a person has the opportunity to kind of take a jump, to allow the, the it's a time when the rutzon of a person, where those inner desires of a person have an opportunity to become realities. That it's not the dashnas hamelach, that the, that, that the, 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 the sleeping part of a person, which doesn't mean the, the person knocked out, it means a person's deepest rutzonos, a person's deepest desires and thoughts coming, what, what, what they really think when, when the, you know, if nothing was stopping me, if I had all the money in the world and all my responsibilities were taken care of, what would I want to achieve? What would I want to accomplish? What would I want to be like? All of that stuff becomes real, can become much more real within a person. So, you know, there are different ways, you know, as far as men are concerned, there are different ways, you know, sometimes in sleep it's a little harder to get in touch with those Ritsonos, there are other ways to suspend Seichel and suspend a person's intellect. And there are those that choose to do so in that way. No, really, that's the, it's, a, it's like a, it's a weird thing. Like, you have two choices here. You can either get drunk or sleep. Like, you know, those are like two like wild opposites. What do, what do they have in common? They have one thing in common, is that it's a suspension of logic. It's a suspension of Seichel, that a person's intellect gets turned off. Why? Because it's a time in which the rutzon, the inner desires of a person, have the opportunity to come forth. They have an opportunity to become the reality of a person. And yes, there are things that intellectually block a person. And, you know, the next day, right, you know, when the clock strikes midnight, you know, so everything you know, goes back to being a pumpkin and this, right? <laughs> All that happens, right? But there's something that happens within a person in which there, there are things that come out. And a person then has the ability, they are able to have a vision. They're able to have that dream become much more close to reality. You know, every, every ge'ula begins with a dream. Every redemption, whether it be a national redemption, whether it be a personal redemption, it always begins with some sort of dream that just seems crazy and illogical and, and not so, it's not lamaisa, it doesn't seem like it's going to work, but, but, but it's real and it's there. And that's the, that's the avoda, that's the, that's the meaning of a day, of shena, that's the meaning of a month, of sleeping. It's about the inner rutzun that a person has. And it's an opportunity that we have on Purim. You know, it's a, it's a special time for tefillah. It's a special time that a person has the ability to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And a person has the opportunity to get in touch with those things that mean, that really do mean a lot to them. It's just that they don't have the opportunity to make them real. And it's a time to reach out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, listen, I know that this is what I want. I don't really see how I'm supposed to get there because I'm tied down by, you know, A, B, C, D, all the way through X, Y, and Z. But, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, help me out because I want this Ratzon to become real. I want this desire for myself, for my children, for my family. I want this to become something that's a reality. And that's the type of tefillah that a person is able to, 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 to get into 
uh, uh, and, and we should all be zocha that balayla hu nadudashnasemelech that those that those inner desires that we have should really start to stir and start to become much more of a reality and be a reality for the Jewish people. As, as we continue to be in Gullus, we should be able to, to eventually live that, that, that dream of having uh, you know, the Gula Shleim of Mehera.